what's going on guys <clears throat> this is uh ghostface chili um sorry uh these past few weeks have been kind of uh all over the place and super stressful and super busy uh but uh here i am trying to uh get this story going uh, i kept getting a lot of technical difficulties too because uh my phone is is super old and uh, so is my laptop and <laughs> about just about everything I own is is too old to be worth a shit so uh, anyway today I'm gonna do a three-part story um, I probably won't do all three parts because they're long stories and uh, I refuse to write a script I, I don't need to write a script I I've entertained uh, without a script for a really long time so uh, it's not something I want to mess with so anyway um, this story I'm gonna tell you today is supposedly a true story about my great-great-uncle Art and uh, he was an interesting fellow um, he uh, he died, um, uh, well, I don't want to say exactly how, because uh, it's going to be part of the story. So anyway, um, this is going to be part one to the story, to the somewhat true story about my uh, great-great-uncle Art and his friend, uh, Luke. So... The story starts off in around the, the late 1800s, really early 1900s, if that, uh, probably more than likely the late 1800s. Uh, my great-great-uncle Art was, uh, was a horse person. <laughs> he made all his money off of horses. He would breed them. He would race them. And most often, he would tame them. Uh, he would even go on uh, like little adventures uh, into the middle of nowhere out in the country. And uh, he would uh, literally rope uh, wild stallions, take them back home, tame them see how fast they are or what have you. I don't know exactly how. But um, then if he thought that colt was worth breeding, then uh, he would have them breed and then he'd try and sell, you know, the the offspring or, or whatever. Um, so that was my Uncle Art. He, uh, he lived in a really, really sparsely populated area let's just call it the west um there was a lot of problems back then with the west uh most obviously was the issues with uh indians uh you know native americans and their uh their uh, their problems with settlers and pioneers and all that um, it was quite a hectic place, uh, 
where he lived because there is a lot of uh, a lot of anger um, a lot of lynchings a lot of stuff like that so uh, let's just say uh, art wouldn't uh, be in uh, anyone's good graces that often because uh, art was really outspoken and uh, he was really um, I guess cynical is what you could say um, my family <laughs> uh, has been known for being cynical but if you ask me it's it's more in direct line with uh, um, a lot of jokes uh, that that people in my family have have made and uh, we like to laugh a lot and uh, you know uh, sometimes the best laughs are things that are uh, serious <laughs> and uh, truthful that's kind of how comedy works you could tell a joke and it's not that funny unless people can relate but anyway uh, he grew up Uh, 
his brother, who was like a teenager, and uh, um, their uncle, which was my uncle's, I mean, my, my grandfather's brother, um, who, like I said, was a, a bad alcoholic. His name was Art. And uh, this story is all, all about Art because, uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, urban legends about my uncle Art uh, in our family. Some of the stories are so wild, uh, it's hard to believe. Uh, according to them and him, uh, he had really bad luck. More importantly, he had this this ongoing issue with uh, witchcraft. Um, my uncle Art was convinced that uh, that someone was putting spells on him and uh, trying to make him miserable, and uh, he would say it was a certain family that didn't like our family at the time uh, because we did have some money and we did own a few uh, few things in town and it was it was a it was a pretty big town uh, compared to other towns uh, in the area um, now that town uh, actually doesn't exist anymore uh, here in the west uh, we had a whole lot of what was called uh, ghost towns and sometimes uh, they would they would thrive for the longest time and uh, usually at least where I'm from oil played a big role so sometimes a city would be booming because there would be uh, all sorts of uh, oil workers and all that stuff of course this might have been a little bit later after uh, my uncle had passed but uh, pretty close nonetheless so anyway give you a little bit of a backstory um, this song this song <laughs> this song now, uh, this story um, is called the floating horse part one of three I think each part's gonna have a different title so y'all can uh, follow that um, that they'll be like kind of interconnected but not um, that's kind of my whole uh, uh, my whole idea of this podcast that I'm working on and uh, the other two uh, my YouTube under Ghostface Chili and uh my other anchor podcast called Big Deity. Um, I'm basically gonna probably tell stories in all of them. Uh, I don't know how exactly, because my sick ass might want to do separate parts and separate uh, username accounts. That way uh, <laughs> I can like force y'all to like uh, check out all my different. Uh, social medias it gets confusing and uh, I know it's a little more than I should mess with 
but uh, I have a lot of stuff I'm doing, and uh, I really want to uh, have the ability to do multiple things within one day and not feel like I'm giving one specific uh, social media a headache because uh, like my Instagram, I do get a lot of uh, critics that dislike how uh, frequent and uh, often I can post on, on one day or even a given moment. Uh, but it's just because I have a lot to say and um, I guess I got a complex about people listening to me. <laughs> Uh, I guess I like to be listened to. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is going to be one of my first uh, kind of like, let's say, like, uh, I like anthologies. So I'm going to say this is like my first attempt at doing like a little anthology miniseries. And it's going to be predominantly in Western cowboy kind of days. So really visualize that whole uh, aesthetic. I've been playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and streaming a little bit here or there. So uh, I'm, I'm really uh, deep into this whole uh, Cowboys and Indians and uh, one of my favorite movies uh, that you can get some of my inspiration for these stories uh, is called uh, Motherfucker, I can't remember it. Um, the son of a bitch. That movie, it's it's with Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, they kidnap his granddaughter or some shit. The missing, maybe. I don't know. I'm getting too old to remember shit now. So anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll touch back on that maybe on Big Deity or something. But uh, anyway, this is called The Floating Oars. Long, long time ago, back when cars weren't around, my Uncle Art made a living taming horses and breeding them and uh, racing them. Um, he he had a, a brother, but he had just died, I think, probably like a, a few months before the story begins, and uh, left him, left Art and his wife, uh, Margaret, um, like with two kids that weren't even theirs. I guess they were their nephews. And so anyway, they uh, they really had a, a hard life um, after my grandfather had, uh, I mean, my grandfather's dad had passed. And uh, Art wasn't really good at making a whole lot of money. Uh, mainly because he would wake up uh, brushing his teeth with uh, 
with hard liquor like uh, you know uh, whiskey or scotch you really like that kind of stuff and uh, more so what made it even more difficult was uh, he was very outspoken and uh, you know where he was a lot of people didn't like uh, people with big mouths or big egos and that's another reason why uh, he got into a lot of trouble also because he liked to gamble too he, he was so uh, much a big gambler that uh, you know a lot of people disliked him uh, for winning he was really good at playing poker but only because he was really good at getting in people's heads and uh, uh, the, there was one story floating around that uh, he went to a bar and there was a group of cowboys that didn't like him. You know, uh, back then there was uh, there was like kind of like um, like urban cowboys in a sense that, you know, had horses and would round up, you know. Uh, cows or steers or or broncos you know but uh, essentially lived in town and uh, didn't really have much of a ranch or farm and people like my my uncle art were kind of frowned down upon because uh, he had like a really huge ranch um, he lived really far from town um, he had so many people uh, that uh, would work for him and stuff like that, that he basically had a, a little town outside his ranch, uh, in between his ranch and the, the actual town that, that uh, had like a, like a general store and, and a saloon and stuff like that. Later on in the story, he buys uh, the general store uh, shortly before his death but we'll, we'll get to that later on so uh, the story starts off on a on a really really cold and uh, really rainy uh, morning uh, one of those days that are so uh, cloudy and uh, you know dreary that it almost looks like the evening even though it's uh, morning and so anyway he uh, he ended up uh, waking up and getting uh, everything together for his ranch um, He'd always start the day off by feeding all his uh, chickens and pigs and cows and all that stuff. He uh, he had a a friend named Luke that uh, didn't have much money. Um, didn't didn't. Uh, have much to his name but uh hold on so i'm having a lot of problems
problems with sound these days. Uh, sorry about uh, the ins interruptions. So, anyway, he had a friend named Luke who uh, worked on the ranch, helped him with plenty of stuff uh, that he, he couldn't get done with his nephews because they were too young and not strong, and things like that in terms of labor. So uh, he kind of made a deal with Luke that uh, he could kind of like sleep in this like extra little room that was built on the side of the barn, kind of like an extended, you know, uh, barn next to a barn. So it was kind of like living quarters uh, for uh, basically anybody that he wanted to hire at the time. So anyway. His friend, that was his friend Luke, and uh, his friend Luke was was really different than him. You know, uh, he uh, he was like the opposite of my uncle Art, and uh, I think my my uncle enjoyed that. He he always loved uh, um, to see like how different people were from him. So. Uh, I assume he, he really uh, kind of like uh, um, was not only fascinated by uh, his friend Luke, but uh, he was a little bit younger, uh, like his brother who passed. So he kind of like, he saw him a lot like, uh, like family, you know. So anyway, the day went on and... Uh, uh, it became like after lunch and uh, his friend his friend Luke uh, went up to him and and told him hey uh, uh, you want to go uh, to a dance tonight or something or other I think it was like a, a huge like party or something at, at the local like saloon uh, at a town that was a good ways away from the the ranch and uh, he said yeah I'd love to he's all but you know uh, I could never make it to town within one day he's like uh, if we left right now we probably wouldn't make it until right after the the dance or party the, right after the party you know he's like uh, he's telling his friend Luke like i I just don't think we'd have enough time to make it. It's already almost uh, the evening. It's the late afternoon. You know, there's no way we'd make it in time. So his friend Luke kind of like thought for a second. He said, no, I know a shortcut. So if you really want to get some stuff together and uh, we'll be there tonight before, before, uh, the party starts I think you know let's say at at eight or nine o'clock so skeptical my my uncle uh, art was like okay well let's go ahead and and try and make it I really haven't done much this week and I could use uh, a little bit of time uh, to have some fun and uh, not think about the ranch or, or work or anything like that and uh, so uh, Art started getting things together 
and uh, uh, started getting so much stuff because he figured they wouldn't have made it back in time. Uh, they wouldn't make it in, in town in, in time uh, for the party. And uh, a part of him was also kind of uh, convinced that uh, they'd need a lot of extra supplies so they could, uh, you know, uh, somewhere along the way uh, stop and make a fire and uh, maybe heat up some food or something, you know, some some jackrabbit. <laughs> so uh, he was getting everything together and his friend Luke... Uh, you know, comes out from, from around the barn with his horse, and uh, he looked really uh, dressed up real nice, you know. Uh, and Art kind of laughs at him, hey, man, that's that's a nice shirt and pants you got on there, Luke. Uh, you're, uh, looks like you're, uh, you're about to go to a funeral, though. And Luke kind of laughs, and he's like, ah, what can I say, you know, uh, I just like the color black. And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, I just, I just feel like sometimes being all, all black can bring some bad luck around. And uh, he started laughing. And he's like, uh, he was like, I think it's just you, Art. You know, that everyone always says you got the worst luck in all of the Wild West. And he said, yeah, you know, I I know I got some pretty weird luck sometimes. He said, but I wouldn't call it uh, bad or good. Just strange, strange luck. Because sometimes it could be a, a little bit of both or one or the other. So uh, anyway, uh, they keep uh, getting everything together and they get on the horses and they ride out, and Luke tells Art, you know, hey, man, uh, why'd you bring so much stuff with you? Your horse is going to break his back. And Art laughs, and he's like, I'm telling you, we're not going to make it in time. And hell, we might not even make it to the, to the hotel in time, so we might have to sleep under the stars tonight. And he, he told him, I keep telling you, Art, you know, uh, I know a shortcut, and it it will cut our time in half. We'll probably make it to to the party early. And and he just couldn't believe it. He just he he would just laugh and say, "Okay, whatever you say, buddy." He's I just can't believe that we would we would travel all that distance. And it not take all night long. It's just too far. And he said, well, when we come up to this this fork in the road, I know a shortcut in the woods. He's all, but we're coming up on it now, and I want you to do me a favor. He said, just stay here right where this little fork in the road is. And I'm going to go down this trail. There's this trail right around. There's this trail right around uh, that fork in the road. That goes deep into the forest. And uh, he said, uh, 
that's where I know the shortcut is. And of course, Art's like, well, why, why can't I go with you? Or, and he said, well, let's just say that uh, there's, a, there's a special way to go. And if you don't um, prepare how to fix it, then, uh, you know, you'll probably get lost before I even find the trail. And he said, okay, well, fine, whatever. So he's there waiting at the trail for, you know, a good little while. And after around 15 minutes, he starts getting kind of curious. And you know what they say, curiosity kills the cat. Well, he starts going down that little, that little uh, trail that's right by the fork in the road. And as he's going into the trail, he notices that the, the trees and brush is so thick that as he's entering, it's going from the late afternoon to almost nighttime because the sun is almost completely black, blackened from like all the the brush and trees up against one another and uh, it got darker than what he expected so he gets off his horse and he tells his horse hey here you stay here uh, and he ties him up to a tree and he said I'm gonna try and find my friend Luke um, maybe he uh, fell asleep or something and just as he was leaving his horse by that the entrance to that trail he sees he sees his friend come up on a horse and what bothered uh, art the most was the horse didn't really look like the one that he rode with him from the ranch he he saw the horse and he said, well, it looks a lot like the horse he always uses. You know, uh, he had a black stallion and uh, it looked somewhat like that. But there was something that bothered him about that horse that he could see its eyes and... Uh, for some reason, the eyes seem like different, almost kind of glowing in a sense. And uh, of course, when he saw his friends, oh shit, hey, I was just about to go looking for you. And he said, oh, there's no need. Um, I found the, I found the path, but. Uh, you know, uh, I think just to save uh, the trouble, you should get on the horse with me and leave your horse here until we get back uh, later tonight or, or tomorrow, depending on how great the party is. And he said, well, uh, I guess so. Uh, I guess it'd be, be easier that way. And he says, trust me, that way you won't get lost on the path. 
um, you'll get a feel for how much shorter it is. And uh, I won't have to worry about leaving you in the dust with this this stallion I got. So he got on the horse with him. He helped him up, and they were riding the horse deeper into the woods. And he's also, where's this this uh, shortcut? He's all, we're on it right now. He's all, but uh, uh, it's still going to take a little while. But let's see how fast this horse can go. So that then his friends started kind of whipping the horse and kept whipping it, whipping it. And, and the strangest thing to Art was that the horse seemed to constantly be getting faster and faster and faster. And the more Art started thinking about this horse, the more he started feeling kind of weird about this whole thing. Because not only were they going faster than some of Art's most expensive colts, you know, that he's bred to race their entire his entire life. He it was going so fast he could not believe that they were going that fast on a horse. And as he was thinking of that, he thought of another really important issue. While they were riding, it really wasn't that bumpy of a ride. You know, riding horses is uh, is really a, a lot of stress on on your uh, gluteus maximus, you know. And uh, he he couldn't let go of this strange feeling that it almost felt like this horse was galloping on air. It came off to him like this horse they were riding was almost kind of floating. So he ends up asking his friend when to his amazement they make it to the edge of town long before sundown. And he asks his friend Luke, hey, uh, you know, I really don't think that shortcut is as short as as you claim it to be. He's all, but I do think this horse is faster than any horse I've ever seen or ridden. And his friend Luke kind of laughs to himself. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm pretty sure, man. That's a, uh, that's, that's a interesting observation. And, and Art kind of laughs and he's like, you know, I just can't shake this feeling that like the entire ride over here wasn't uncomfortable at all. It wasn't even really that bumpy. It almost felt like I was floating on this horse. And of course his friend Luke says, Hey, you don't you don't know much about me and I really let's just leave it at the horse is um uh, 
probably the fastest horse you've ever been on. And, uh, you know, no big deal. So they go to the party and everything is great. Uh, they meet a few, a few women and have a few drinks. And at the end of the night, uh, they decide that they're, they're going to start riding back to the ranch. Well, Art is, has been thinking about this horse the entire night. It's been in the back of his mind, and he cannot let go of the simple fact that, like, it was faster than any horse he's ever seen or been on, and more comfortable than any any wagon, even, that he had, had ridden. So, when they got on the horse, once again, Art kind of felt like, man, this this horse is starting to trot like it's trotting on a cloud like it's not even trotting on the ground and he tells his friend Luke hey Luke you gotta tell me where you got this horse that way uh, I can try and breed it with some of my other uh, faster ones and maybe come up with a, a colt that's faster than even this horse and Luke kind of scoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I really doubt you will uh, find uh, anything that's faster than this horse. The guy I got this horse from, he says that there isn't anything in the entire world that can go faster than this horse. And uh, Art kind of looks puzzled, and he's like, well, Where'd you get this horse from? I want to know. I I want a horse this fast and this like comfortable. He saw. I I can't. I can't explain how comfortable it's been riding this horse, and it almost seems like we're we're floating on in the air. And his friend kind of stayed quiet for a while, and he was like, well. Nah, I, you shouldn't know, man. I just, just know that I had to pay a lot for this horse. And I still regret it to this day how much I paid. And I'm willing to guarantee that if, if you go down the same path I went down, uh, you're going to regret it. So, being the person that Art was... He was a little hard-headed. He says, oh, well, let just let me have the chance. And, uh, you know, I'll take it from there. Well, why can't you just give me the chance to talk to the guy that you got this horse from? And so I can uh, possibly breed one of the fastest racehorses I've ever, I've ever seen. And his friend told him, hey, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll talk to the guy, and if he's interested, then uh, I'll try and set up a meeting at that, uh, that little trail that you left your horse at. And he said, okay, that sounds fair. And uh, he said, I'll uh, try and do it soon, because I, I really 
really want a, a, a horse this fast and this agile. It, it's, it's almost unreal. And uh, his friend Luke kind of laughs. He's like, yeah, about as unreal as it gets. So there they are, riding, riding. And to, once again, Art's amazement, they, uh, they made it back to, to that trail and from the party in almost a quarter of the time that it takes. And he gets on his horse, and Luke is still there, kind of on his, and he's all, man, I've never noticed how much bigger your black stallion is compared to my my uh, regular old horse you know I think he had a brown I think they called him paints or something this this brown horse I got you know and uh, he's like yeah he's like I'm not sure what breed it is but I know I've never seen a horse as big as this horse he's like man I really I need to talk to this man his friend got a little serious and he kind of looked at him and said you know I really feel bad about telling you um, about this man he said don't get me wrong um, I love that this man uh, um, sold me this horse and this literally is the fastest horse I've ever been on so, but I'm not really happy with how much I paid. And Luke, Luke kind of looked a little sad. And you know, Art had a sense of humor, so he would always be, hey, don't, don't be looking down. Worst case, I can buy this horse from you for whatever you paid. And he kind of laughed, and he was like, ah. I don't think you'd want to give up everything just for a horse. And Art kind of looks at him like, everything? He said, well, it cost me so much for this horse that I feel like I've lost everything in the process. He said, that man that gave me this horse, he was cutthroat. Just when he knew I was already too deep to turn back, he knew how to make make this deal with this horse more uh, more of a way for me to lose out on everything. And Art's just there, kind of like confused, like what in the hell is he talking about? You know. Uh, it's just a horse like how much did he give up his life savings or and he told him well Luke I have a lot of money I have a lot of stuff so uh, I don't think it affect me as as deeply as it has you and he says uh, well if that's what you think art um, I'd hate to uh, feel like I never gave you the chance um, to like meet this guy who has some of the fastest horses in the world and he's like uh, even if the guy's a 
a jerk and kind of like, you know, you like luck and stuff. It's kind of like a bad omen. And, uh, you know, Art was kind of like, well, like, I don't, I don't understand that all, Luke, but um, I'm willing to take the risk if it means that I can find out where this horse came from and uh, where he's been getting these horses or how he's breeding them. He's like, I, I'm just so obsessed about this horse. Luke, uh, you got to give me a chance to meet the guy that, that sold you this horse. So he told him, all right. Well, I guess I owe you that much for everything you've done for me and and my family. He's also, uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell him to meet you here tomorrow. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll let you know. And he was like, okay. So he lives somewhere by this this little uh, fork in the road with the, the shortcut. So yeah, something like that, kind of close by. So you know, he kind of is like, well, all right. So he's, they start riding off. And, uh, no, sorry. He starts riding off. And his friend Luke kind of stays back uh, at that little uh, fork in the road. And he's like, uh, I'm going to go get back my other horse I left here. Uh, by this uh, this horse seller's place, and uh, you know, I, I'll meet I'll meet you back at the ranch uh, in a little bit. That way, I can at least ask him by myself um, if he'd be willing to uh, to meet you and talk about horses and such. He said, "Well, thanks for trying to help me out, Luke." I, I just love horses so damn much. I I can't let go of of you having the fastest horse in in all the West right under my nose. I said, "All right, all right, Art. I'll, I'll set it up. I'll set it up." I say, "All right. Well, I'll see you later." So he rides off, going towards his ranch, and he sees Luke kind of in the distance with that really big horse, and. As he was riding away, he kept looking at that horse's eyes. And he said, you know, it's not like they're glowing red. But it's almost like they're illuminated in the darkness. And there's no lights out here. It's so pitch black. You can't see much of anything. He said, I just can't get over how the horse's eyes look. And so, well, perhaps it's some sort of... Uh, um, breeding uh, type of breed that uh, maybe it's a birth defect or something. So, um, lo and behold, Art makes it home and shortly after his friend shows up on his other horse without the the gigantic horse that He's obsessed about. He's like, oh, so you left the horse there. He's like, yeah, pretty much. And he was like, well, I guess that's the, the catch to buying this horse. That you'll spend all this money and you kind of don't even own it, huh? He's like, 
Maybe, I guess you could say that. And he said, okay. Well, uh, I'm excited to, to meet your friend. And uh, we're going to stop here for a moment. Right where uh, he's talking about meeting uh, his friend. Fucking barks and she always done it.